This is a crowd podcast. You're listening to Fucks Given, the one with Duncan Trussell. So, Duncan Trussell on Fucks Given. <gasps> Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hi, great to meet you. Oh, it's yeah, it's, great to meet you. It's such you. an honor to have you on our little old podcast. Um, Florence and I have been, you know, let, let us gush for a moment. Huge fans, yeah. especially since wow. seeing the Midnight Gospel, which... I mean, it was so moving and incredible, and and thank you for bringing that out because it wasn't just, it wasn't just like an animated series. It was like a therapy session with each episode that came out, and it was so amazing. Thank you. Yeah, it was really, really incredible. And I, so I reached out to you after seeing you. I went to this uh, conference in Vegas where you did a live show. Uh, oh yeah. It was called Meet Delic, and it was all about <laughs> psychedelic wellness, which was yeah. super exciting and quite new to me actually, because I've never been like someone that takes loads of drugs or anything and saw your live show there, which was super exciting and amazing. Thanks. Like, I think there were so many moments in that where my mind was completely like blown. I was like, this conversation is so great. I need to re-listen to this about a thousand Ooh, times. Thank you. You know, some people that are listening might not know who you are. So how would you introduce yourself? Uh, well, I, I have a podcast called the Duncan Trussell Family Hour Podcast. Yeah. I'm a comedian and I made a show for Netflix called The Midnight Gospel. Oh, beautiful piece of work. Ever. Yeah, absolutely. Thank and you. I, I'm still in shock that you allowed yourself to come on this podcast was there anything that kind of made you go like yeah this this looks okay we're, i think we're still so surprised oh i i well y'all just are really interesting and, and funny and i just thought it'd be fun to have a, have these conversations you know during yes. the pandemic this for me has been my uh, socializing mm -hmm. is podcasting you know yeah. it's like and I, and I think if you're a podcaster it's one of the lucky luckiest things ever because so many people are so hyper isolated right now you mm -hmm. don't get the experience that we used to take for granted of just like you know sitting down with people and talking or going out to dinner mm -hmm. as much or if you are going out to dinner there's all this like like creepy edgy thing you know that's happening where i don't know it's just spooky right now these are spooky times i don't know what it's like yeah over there very over similar. here it's a little it's spooky yeah. you know and it's awkward and it's just sort of uh, wouldn't you say like in human history outside of the black plague this is the least sexy time in human history just outside like, of the black plague that was pretty sexy <laughs> the black plague well the, no the, you know they're wearing those crow masks or whatever it's oh, fucked yeah. up you well, know i like, mean like at the beginning of the pandemic everyone was kind of isolated in their own homes i guess mm -hmm. it's kind of similar now but at least we can kind of go out and date people if you're single but i remember i was single right at the beginning and i felt so like targeted by life because i was just like wait i have to stay inside my house alone yeah, yeah. for all this time and i can't have sex like i can't what can't be a yeah human. and you gotta you know that thing you would when you're dating you might get that fucked up phone call where someone's like hey i need to tell you uh, you know you need to go to the doctor yeah. i've got chlamydia <laughs> yeah. you know something like that now you get that call just from like being around somebody yeah. you know like it's the That's it's the so same like, oh, my housemate they have covid you should go yes. get yourself a test yeah yes yes oh my god yeah. i didn't even ever it's, put it's, the two it's so similar it's exactly and the stigma as well the stigma is so similar where it, i mean actually i would say that sti stigma is still so much bigger but it's that yeah. weird mm. feeling of like where did you get it from and were you not being careful enough and oh, that's so naughty and now you're fucked and you have to go and tell everyone that's so yeah. naughty. yeah naughty. it's 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 very very similar but at least yeah. you know if you get that phone call for somebody that means you are fucking you know, so at yeah. least you were like having yeah. fun. This is like you're at the grocery store. Yeah. You know, you were you you like you pass someone on the street, so you don't even get that sense of like, well, you know, yeah. I was taking risks and being crazy. It's just a it's just a a bummer of a time. I'm not. I, I don't. I mean, I'm I, I'm happy, but 
it's just an annoying time. It's so It's really annoying. It's really disruptive mm-hmm. of life. Yeah. Um, especially when it comes to sex and relationships. I think a lot of people that are in open relationships as well, as well have like suffered as well because they've been basically just stuck with one partner and haven't really been able to explore other avenues and I don't know whether that's affected Especially people's that's, relationships in that kind of that's way. that's their relationship style sure. and they need that to have a successful relationship. It's, um, yeah, it, it's, t- well, it's, it's kind of fucked a lot of us up and unsurprisingly yeah. as well. But like everyone, everyone's fucked. But we should stop yeah. talking about COVID. I feel like this but, is like no, but a running I did, theme. I did want to ask though, mm-hmm. I did want to ask like how it was for you and your wife um, during uh, the pandemic like did it affect your relationship because you have spoken about I was listening to your episode um with the lady from by Felipe Felipe oh yeah Alexander um yeah which was awesome and you mentioned that you have used to have girlfriends with yeah. your with your wife so how did that kind of affect your relationship well it i mean it it's it was it's it's not just the pandemic it's like it's that we right now we have a three-year-old and a one-year-old and i guess it is the pan i mean it's (laughs) you know it's just like i think it's similar the way that it's affecting everybody with with the addition of kids you know and in the sense that you know it's just like dating it's really not that different from dating you get to know somebody and you know it's just the exact same pattern really except with two people and Mm -hmm. but in this case when you're juggling kids and trying to keep the kids from getting sick or or in my job and all this stuff that you know all of all of it 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 just the time you have like when you have kids all the cliches you hear are true do y'all have kids yet do you have kids not yet so all the cliches are true everything you hear about it and so you have to you schedule sex you're gonna start even though in like you when you hear that when you're deciding to have kids you're like that's not gonna happen to us oh yes it is <laughs> yes it fucking is you're gonna schedule sex which is truly like maybe the least romantic thing no. that could possibly happen and then um a lot of the spontaneous romantic stuff you have to you have to take it up as a kind of practice mm-hmm. you know yeah. and that includes having other partners or dating or any of that stuff it it, it so yes it is it affected us like on every level just the, the way it's affecting everybody it's a brutal time for parents you know and a britain and, and yeah but we are but also it's a it, we've evolved and we've you know really seen each other's shadow sides and you know we we love each other and we you you get a kind of you we feel very proud in the sense that we were able to get through all the bullshit yeah. mm-hmm. that has happened to us and so many other people during the last few years. Was it like the most time you ever spent with each other? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, and you know, it's, and that's hard. It's like, it's hard to spend time with yourself, yeah. you know? So if it's hard to spend time with yourself, then it's going to be hard for other people to spend time with you too. Yeah. And it's going to be hard for you to spend time with them. And so, yeah, it's a, you know, it it has been a real practice in patience and forgiveness and therapy yes. and all this stuff just to make sure that we uh, are, you know, you don't want to just get by. You want to thrive, you know. So yeah. it's, you know, we've had to you just have to like if you have kids, it's really important, I think, that you work on yourself mm-hmm. uh, because if you don't work on yourself, then you're going to infect the kids with whatever you are infected with from your folks, you know? So yeah. the, having kids is this cool opportunity to, um, I don't know, sounds cheesy, but to sort of heal your, uh, whatever the trauma of your ancestors is, you can you can heal that a little mm-hmm. bit. Not That's all the a, way. Yeah, That's what they were talking about at the Meet Delic conference, actually, in one of the talks about like how our DNA kind of carries like 14 years of ancestry. And, you know, you really do have to do like the healing of all the, the trauma so that you don't pass it down in your DNA to your children. And that just makes so much it sense. It really does. Yeah. It, it seems unbelievable, but it makes so much sense. Like all the, I'm sure a lot of the trauma that we all carry is just from our parents' trauma and their parents' mm. trauma. Yeah, um, I just I can. It's almost like see it so clearly. I can see myself whenever I'm in um, a state of fight or flight, or I get frustrated. I just turn into my mum straight away, and I'm like, no, 
would try really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We all to just turn into our parents. Yes. Yeah, I, I think right. at our worst times, but we just have to remember we're also taking the good parts of our parents as well, which is important. Yeah, that's it. And you can, that's what's great is once you start recognizing what the, the there, it wasn't all bad, mm-hmm. there is good stuff there. And then you start also, there's something very liberating about realizing that, you know, you're not a bad person. You're just a person who learned a, a set of um, defense mechanisms mm-hmm. from people who are terrified. I mean, you know, and, and freaked out as a lot of parents are, you know, and, and so that's for me has been really liberating. And, you know, that's therapy. Yeah. Therapy's great. So, yeah. you you know, and I, having kids, uh, it's given me the greatest reason ever to to do that kind to of do work. Better, because yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's really beautiful. Um, also, shout out to your mum. I mean, she was only on was it one or two episodes of the Midnight one Gospel? Episode. One, ep- the one last episode. One episode. And I learned yeah. so much in just that short space of time. Like, I still think about the sentences she said, and it has mm. really impacted my life and who I am. So, like, shout oh, out to you. Mama, <laughs> wherever you may be, wherever to all the moms. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. That was such a good moment. I actually had a funny, I don't know if this is like a bad segue from segue. that comment, but like, well, it's kind of, it's not because it's about Midnight Gospel, but I had like a really um, funny experience whilst watching Midnight Gospel because I got like, I don't really smoke that much weed. And I had this moment like where I was going through this breakup and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go get smoke and like really fucking chill out but my friend was like yeah you should smoke pure because that's that's like how i smoke and it's like the best way to do it um i found some really cheap weed in brighton which is like a seaside town in the uk and it was like 10 pounds this weed so cheap and um what wait what did you say a tenner 10 10 pounds 10 pounds how much you bought 10 pounds of brighton weed (laughs) oh no not the weight like the like the amount of money oh, it costs. Yeah. Oh, oh my God! You are blowing my mind. Like you're going out. Like what were you carrying it in? Is it a suitcase? <laughs> oh my God! No. Now, ten, ten pounds, pounds of weed of is shitty like, weed. Yeah, ten pounds probably like a tenner's worth is like a, a like a a joint's worth. Okay, not even a I joint. I got you. My I'm like so blunt. sorry. I get it. Now. It was a worth. small amount, yeah. but um. Well, no, actually, it wasn't. I I think I made like three joints on it. Oh, I don't know. Nice. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Um, I, yeah, so I smoked this weed in the garden and first of all, it was amazing. I was eating this donut and I was like, this donut is the best donut I've ever tasted yeah. in my whole life. Oh, wow. And um, suddenly I was like, you know what? I'm starting to feel a little bit too high. So um, like things started moving in a weird way. So I thought, you know, I'll lie on the grass, look up at the clouds. That's what people do when they're high, right? And um, <laughs> so I did that. And then my face started expanding and melting wow. all at the same time. <laughs> and I was like, fuck this sucks (laughs) this is horrible um so I was like going through in my mind about like what people do when they're high to try and like I was like how can I make this like a great experience and what did I do I was like I'll put on the midnight gospel oh wow cool which was quite um, hard Intense. to follow actually at that point <laughs> oh yeah so I don't know if that was the right on. choice hot I bath know. maybe a jog helps yeah you know I mean People say um, to, I, f- I feel like people have said about Midnight Gospel that it's, you know, like all the animations and stuff, it is very psychedelic mm-hmm. and it's very like it, of that world. So yeah. that's why I assume that it would be a good viewing. Well, I mean, yeah. we live, we learn, trial and error. Yeah, I mean, it trial still and was error. a great viewing. No, thank you. I appreciate it. I, you know, the whole take a psychedelic and then watch a psychedelic thing, which I have tried many, many times uh, throughout my uh, life. And yeah. I, inevitably, there's some moment where I think I just should be outside mm. or, you know, like I should be in a quiet place or something like that. But I don't think there's any right way or wrong way. to. In mm. fact, I think the most important thing about psychedelics is to let yourself explore everything just to see just to see the differences. And I'm honored that you just you in that moment, you pick the midnight gospel. Thank you. <laughs> you talk about psychedelics and drugs and stuff like that in a really amazing way and i think in like a spiritual way you have a really great relationship with with them how has your experience been with sex and drugs oh i've had so many great experiences uh you know uh, once a long long time ago 
I took the, it was the best LSD I've ever had in my life. <laughs> and um, ha- had sex and we were having sex and it's the strangest experience. I mean, we've had a lot of weird drug experiences, but this one in particular was very odd in that I stopped being a person and became a, like a village and, <laughs> and, 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 and was like, and, and was like simultaneously this village and these women going down to this river with clay pots and putting Whoa. the water in the clay pots and bringing them uh, wow. up to the village. And I, I, I came seven times, I think seven times, like, which Whoa. was in, insane. It didn't make For any God, sense. That's like impossible, that's seemingly we, impossible. Are we talking about How could that be happening? ejaculate? Or are we talking like, you know, like. Well, I wasn't looking, you know, I, at the time I was like, I wasn't like, hey, let me see if there's more cum coming out. <laughs> I was very high. I was very high. I wasn't measuring to see. My guess would be at some point that must have stopped. Right up. Yeah. Uh, like, how much can you have inside of you? I, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, that was a really uh, wow. powerful, weird experience I think about from time to time. I, th- I think, um, yeah, you know, marijuana, the kind of sex you have is incredible. It, mm-hmm. It's, it, But with LSD, uh, the there's a, a potential there to sort of I, th- I think maybe. Do you ever play around with the idea that the experience of the orgasm is not limited to the human body, to human biology, Absolute but in fact, yeah, right. Yeah. That it's a, a sort of universal um, yeah. uh, vibration or a universal sort of um, experience that that you know rivers are having and trees are having, and when the Ooh. wind, you know, that it's that it's everywhere. And we just think that it's in us when we experience it. And obviously it is. I'm not saying that like there's some physiological component behind having an orgasm, but I wonder if there's something more, I wonder wonder if we're tuning into something in those moments when you're having an orgasm, because Mm. it is literally the experience of human beings coming into this world. I mean, obviously not all the time, a lot of times it's like, Human beings coming into a napkin, That's but amazing. you know what I mean. I, I feel like Florence, yeah. like so, sometimes, like when we met up on Monday, and sometimes yeah. when, because we, Florence and I, we microdose um, shrooms, and we've been doing that now for a, a couple of months now, and it's been pretty, mm-hmm. pretty amazing. And those days where we're yeah. like, yeah, I just took my shroom pill, and don't you feel like that over overbearing sense of like like love and excitement for the world maybe that's like a little joint orgasm that we're having or something because yeah. we've had them at the same time like the first one when you were at the festival yeah. you tried a mushroom pill and then i had my trip then the next day it's like mm. the next week we were both like oh my god it almost felt like an orgasm of some kind just like what the fuck this world is just so you know incredible what? Yeah. yeah like yeah. when you're out in nature and you just see everything you're just like wow yeah. what is this place like i'm so grateful to be here like look at that caterpillar like running across the path like yeah. look at the trees look at the sun like it, i don't know it's so happy. yeah, yeah. Kind of, that's like that euphoria mm-hmm. that you feel in orgasm yeah 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 and 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 yeah i i it, it's an interesting thing to uh if you can, you know, it, generally when you're having an orgasm, you're just, hopefully you're just having an orgasm, you know, it's like, there's not a, you're not being some like orgasm scientist or something like that. I'm not recommending <laughs> that. You're going to seem like a complete asshole. I would like you're to doing that when you're having do science in your Hold orgasm. On, wait, wait, let me take notes. Yeah. Please open <laughs> <this> wide. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure people have done that. Well, they have. I mean, there's been a lot of studies on it for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, it's, and, you know, just from purely from, the idea that you know uh, the sort of materialist idea that you know the ideas we're just supposed to reproduce that's the job and humans invent all kinds of stories about what the mission is in life to spread love or joy or help or get rich or whatever but Mm. your dna is is just like sure whatever helps you sleep at night the idea is to make more (laughs) of us that's it nothing else really matters but from that perspective if that is the primary motivation in the sense that if people just stop having sex, there's no more humans, then the orgasm is really interesting in that it's like, you know, nature's way of luring you into making more of you. So in that sense, there's something really cool. Just that alone, Mm, not any of the spiritual bullshit, but just that you are experiencing a kind of 
uh, evolutionary like gravity well it pulls yeah. people in and yeah. makes more people and when you're having an orgasm think of like in that moment how many millions of people are coming at the same time <laughs> like at any given moment so you could just like clock into that like joint yes orgasm mm. exactly yeah when you're coming you're coming with an entire spectrum of people from like probably people yeah. in like temples doing some kind of tantric like sex work all the way down to like the loneliest human on earth just <laughs> co coming so in their beautiful. basement in a pile of garbage <laughs> or something you know like animals dogs like Every, you're, you know everything. like everything <laughs> So Duncan, please explain a little bit about your relationship with sex. Like what kind of sex education you had and what was your journey through until now? Sex education? Mm -hmm. If you had that. Well, yeah. Okay, sure. That's a cool, that's a really funny, that's a fun question. So, well, my mom was a psychologist. So, oh, you know, she, she started and she was pragmatic about sex because she, she understood like, she understood that a teenager is, is probably gonna have sex. Like that, that if your plan with your teenager is to tell them not to have sex or ignore what's happening, then you could end up with a grandkid before you want one. So <laughs> yeah, basically. So I can remember uh, when I when I got into high school, my mom just I came into my room and there was like a box of condoms that she left. <laughs> Brilliant. My, yeah, basically say, look, if, if you're going to fuck, you got to wear these, you you know, and that's a smart thing to do, because I think when you're people that age, they don't under, they there's no chance that they're going to be able to control themselves enough to not like maybe get somebody pregnant. So I, I don't know if I would call my mom sex positive, like the term that people are using right now, but certainly not afraid of it and definitely like made me n not afraid of it or helped me not have like a, a lot of the hangups I think that yeah. people have about it um as far as like sex education goes you know we have sex education here in in school but it's like very biological and like they've really figured out a way to to I mean, they have to. What are you going to do? Have like an erotic sex education <laughs> class for kids in high school? You can't. That's fucked up. So they, you know, they 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 have to like completely sterilize it and turn it into some kind of incredibly boring thing. Um, mm -hmm. So as far as like my relationship with sex, I, I love sex. I, it's, you know, I've, I think I've had it. It would be hard to imagine that I've only had like one kind of relationship with it though you know i think it sort of changes oh, yeah. over time just depending on who your partner is or where where you're at with your consciousness and so yeah i don't know i think i've been through a, uh, various phases how has it evolved like well yeah it so it's not like it's some at some point it went from um I think it's it's gotten increasingly less materialistic, if that makes sense. You know, less. Um, I don't know how to put it. I don't want to sound like I'm virtue signaling. At some point, when you're when you when you're, okay. So, this is the pattern that I I've I, I've noticed in my own life. So it's like you have a partner, and you you know learn to have sex with that person, and it's wonderful. And mm -hmm. then, you know, inevitably the relationship begins to disintegrate because generally, unless you're going to get married and have kids, and even if you do get married and have kids, you still, there's still the possibility of this disintegration, but generally yeah. there's a kind of entropy that happens in relationships, even though you don't want to think about that in the beginning phase of the relationship, when you're looking at them, you're like, oh my God, I'm going to be with you for, this is the most incredible sex I ever had in my life. Holy shit. We found each other. And then something starts happening. It takes a turn gradually uh disintegrates especially if you're not working on yourself and especially if you're not like looking what's happening right in the eye and then you break up and then i've noticed whenever that has happened with me then you i go into like some kind of fuck period 
Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Where <laughs> the you break phase. Yeah. the hoe phase, right? <laughs> yes, the hoe phase. So I never call. I never call it that. So then, <laughs> so now all of a sudden you're you're like fucking all the time, and yeah, um, and you you're hanging. Probably the people you're hooking up with are also in a hoe phase, you know. And so yeah, uh, both of you are sort of on some level probably acknowledging like we're just we're fucking right now and it's fun it's incredible and um mm -hmm. but also it's so lonely and <laughs> there's isolating like, and yeah. it so is and so yeah. much shit sex is had because you just keep going uh -huh. like onto the next one onto something better onto better and you're you're wishing and waiting for something great to pop up but it doesn't because that yeah. takes time yeah. Exactly. Well, like the most amazing sex is when you have like a real connection with someone. Ex so yes. ho face sex is, you know, it is kind of empty sometimes. It serves a purpose, but eh. Yeah, it serves a purpose, but there is this, I, I like, but that emptiness, when you don't resist it, and you that's where you can really go into like hell, you know, the movie Hellraiser, like that's where like, you can go into like, you could become like a Cenobite or one of those like, you know, a pinhead thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where you're like, oh yes, the they shadows. They turn me on so much. They're like, I'll tear yeah. your soul apart. And they're like, yeah. whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, it's just fucking Oh mad. my God, I've never seen this. It's just spooky film. You might not like it. Yeah, that. <laughs> Clive Barker was such a freak, man. And so, but you, so that, so, to, you know, in those shadow, in the in the sh in those shadowy phases, uh -huh. there's something really. If you don't resist it, you can find this really beautiful place there. That is, I wouldn't want to hang out there forever, but there's something real, real about it, and pure, and incredible, and you know, and also because, like, I generally in those periods it's not just like i'm in a hoe phase as you put it but <laughs> usually i'm i'm getting so high and like i'm usually like just partying and so sadly this is i think is a sad reality of the hoe phase i don't know about you but when mm -hmm. i look back and try to remember those moments they're kind of foggy you know there's like it's like they're mm -hmm. even the memories are shadowy or something and so yeah. I feel like I'm going through a hoe phase at the moment because I went through a breakup like maybe six months ago. Okay. So I'm in that moment now. So I'll have to get back to you on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, try. I mean, you know, I don't know. Take notes. Have a little notebook yeah. next yeah. to your bed or something and write it down so you yeah. can remember. Because I do. Th I think that there's a reason we don't remember those those moments. There's something really incredible about it because it's mm -hmm. there's a, a, a dreamlike quality to it. Also, if you find yourself in a hoe phase, uh, then you, you probably have a little bit of a broken heart yeah, too. Yeah, you know? I was gonna and say, so is, it, is it potentially like a protective measure that our brains do? Because we're maybe having sex for the wrong reasons, looking for intimacy or looking for something more and we don't. So it's like a protective measure to be like, oh no, you didn't just fuck like 50 people. That's all a dream, don't worry. <laughs> Yeah, right. It could be. It could be that you don't want to accept that you are that that, that you're like that, or you have some mm -hmm. ego fantasy that you're somehow like hmm. different than than that. Or and, and also, you're probably you know, depending on how you were raised, you might really feel guilty about yeah. the fact that you're having True. sex all the time. And so, I think a lot of people struggle with that too. So there's they, which again, that goes back into like. I, I do think there's something to be said for really f looking at those feelings that you're having uh, uh, that are, are, are where you're feeling guilty about sex mm -hmm. or whatever, it, it, like really in, like pl enjoying them or working with them, you know, mm -hmm. because there's something so cool about that. There's something so like, there's something so weirdly fun about feeling like ashamed about sex. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's cool. It's, it's, and you don't and it really, you know, depending on how your life unfolds, you never know. You don't know how many of those sex phases you're going to get, the hoe phase. So if you're in a hoe this phase, is true, yeah. enjoy it. Enjoy the hoe phase. Enjoy yeah. the shadows. Invite the Cenobites. I mean, obviously, be safe. <laughs> yeah. Don't open portals into hell that you can't close, but <laughs> open a few hell portals. I, you know? I definitely relate to that because I think that once you do get into like a long committed relationship, part of you does miss that 
ability and like freedom mm. that the whole phase gives you to just kind of like really be your like your like darkest self yeah oh yeah I, I think oh, you're yeah. right about not hiding away from negative thoughts and feelings like I I love feeling jealousy it's a it's a feeling I don't feel often and so when I feel jealous I'm like what is going on let me unpack mm. that why am I feeling jealous <laughs> yeah. what is that insecurity that I'm not mm. that I haven't noticed or that's coming out I I I think we should maybe be more honest about the negative feelings we have. And yeah, like you said, embrace them, enjoy them. Like the shame stuff, like, you know, us being so open about sex and masturbation and porn. And yet I still go and have a shame wank. I will still watch a bit of porn that I feel like maybe wasn't ethical enough. I didn't pay for, or maybe was just so extreme that I still haven't really let my brain accept and process as something that it's it's okay to be into and then I'd be like oh my god I hope no one looks at my history browser oh I would die if like you know I have my porn buddy when I die I need someone to come along and delete all my porn before my parents find it yeah. all of that stuff um especially me having just coming out about my tickle fetish that I've had all my life and I have hidden it and being so shameful of it yet with with what we do with come curious being like own you know own everything about you and it's okay to be into these things and then yet i'm still having to hide this huge part of me and like where does that come from no one told me to feel shameful of that i almost created that myself Mm. Um, I mean, isn't that what's great about fetishes? Yeah. yeah. Like, do we really want to unshame our fetishes? Like, isn't that kind of part of what's well, cool it about is. it? Is you're like, what's yeah. wrong with me? It almost like turns you on more. Now I feel like I'm getting yeah. satisfied with my fetish. I'm like, oh yeah, like I don't really like look at porn about it anymore. Like I'm kind of just like, yeah, cool. I'm not there just like, oh my this god, I'm losing so my fucking true. mind. I need this so badly. It's like I have it there. And yeah. it's like maybe I wouldn't say as fun, but as as powerful. Yeah. I, 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 we were, I, we were I like it though. I like I'm sorry to I like the theory, the theory. I, I so I think there's different types of shame. There's shame that is ruining your life, mm -hmm. and there's shame that is like being disconnected from your true identity. And uh, it's like you're if if uh, it's like you know when you twist a garden hose, you're doing that to your entire energetic system. All this energy being put into denying or ignoring some aspect of yourself, whatever it may be, and so that's bad. That's bad. Like that, and I think that's bad in the sense of, um, you know, like what you're saying, you're not getting to really be your true self. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. you're living in the world in a kind of scared way. But then there's like other kinds of shame, like what you're talking about, where you're like, what the fuck did I just look at on my phone? <laughs> like, what did I just do? You're like, you know, you're, you're coming down from your orgasm and just feel like thinking like wow that was fucking crazy that was fun that's where i'm at now and so so to me there's something fun there's something fun about that you know yeah. I, I, yeah yeah so i know what you mean but yeah it's i i get the come i if you need to come out of the closet you should come out of the closet but maybe there's something fun about having like a few like shadowy crevices that you like to Wait. hang out in those are cool too and also yeah. i've noticed my shadowy crevices change over time yeah you know what i mean like like yes. like it's a, you the i think sometimes people they get too attached to their fetishes mm -hmm. you know what i mean i think fetishes can go can be replaced or even mm -hmm. you can infect yourself with a new fetish well, if I, you want to i yeah. would argue that kinks can be replaced but a fetish can't just because of you what a, what a fetish is, the psychological, like it, a, a fetish is generally part of your identity, but a kink, yeah, I think that can change and okay. Change, but let's talk about identity for a second mm -hmm. because that is changeable, isn't it? Like if the identity is malleable, the identity isn't constant, the identity isn't lasting, and certainly the identity, uh, uh, if it is the sum total of all your habits and your personality traits and all of your experiences and memories then this is a thing that isn't really solid at all that mm. is every new yeah. experience could change your identity and um even a, a, so true so in that sense i i 
I think, well, maybe you could say fetishes are sort of more hardwired into you than other things. But, and I, and I'm not suggesting that you should unravel your fetishes. And in fact, I would say don't like, they're awesome. Are you fucking kidding? It's like a sexual superpower. You know what I mean? Like it it turns you on like the, like how are you ever going to get that turned on? Yeah. Yeah. If you you sort all that shit out, how are you going to feel that horny? That's what, that's what I mean. I feel feel like uh, me finally coming out about this. Like I have now Mm. hit my, my, my full sexual whole self, especially because it, I mean, sex is so different from person to person. Some people could take it or leave it. Other people it's, it's their whole lives. And so for Mm. this fetish to be the, the main thing that turns me on the main thing that makes me orgasm and enjoy pleasure and then not being able to talk to anyone about it for the majority of my life. And, and now being able to, now jumping that gun, I feel like I have finally reached my, I don't want to say sexual peak because I know it's just going to get better, but I, I feel like I never Baby, knew. Have. Yeah, it could be. That's it. I'm done. I'm washed up now. I'm gone. Um, but I finally met my full satisfied self, a person I never thought I could get to or be. Yeah. And like now there's endless possibilities of how far it can go, especially when sex is like a huge part of my life again my identity it's my career it's our yeah. jobs it's everything we think about and i feel like yeah that that i ne- i needed to be honest and open about that otherwise it was going to eat me up inside sure yeah yeah i get it i mean yeah that's the that is i think one of the real peculiar uh qualities of of sex is like here you have this thing that is um you know the it's the force of human existence in, yeah. the, in, the, in the universe it's the progenitor it's what makes us obviously mm-hmm. and yet maybe it's because it's too powerful or something and that's why maybe there's a sense of like it feels dangerous or something i i i love thinking about that though you know like how mm. much of feeling weird about sex or awkward mm. about sex or cringy about sex or just generally like well that's not what we talk about yeah uh, yeah how much how much of that is is that a genetic trait clearly not because in some cult in many cultures it's like it's almost the opposite yeah, it's such a normal thing they yeah. don't even not even celebrated just like drinking water or something you know no big deal <laughs> yeah like don't you get the sense that a byproduct of the what happened in human history where all these various forms of like repressive religions were practiced that that what it did was open up a world of fetishes mm-hmm. and a world of shadows and a world of That's like so true yeah. would cenobites exist <laughs> without the catholic church no would they, would, they would would they exist would any of this stuff be like a, a mode of expression if there wasn't some force attempting to repress it in the most horrific way i think you're right i think sex is is too powerful of a tool for like that's why we have been pushed down and like there has been you know such stigma shame taboo like put around it because if we were all so in touch with our sexual identity then we'd all be like these really like powerful confident beings and that's too much for like capitalism like they're like (laughs) capitalism like wouldn't work like the way we want to rule the world wouldn't work if if people were all these like really powerful beings yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th- I think. So. I mean, yeah, I think it like any sort of you know, you know, it's one of the ways to control people, isn't it? You, you if, yeah. if, if like yeah. give them a sense that they have secrets that they can't talk about. Give them a sense that there's something hidden in them that you know you can see, and yeah. then you can control them, blackmail them, and emotionally <laughs> manipulate so them if you want to. You know, by just some yeah. sense that you're going to like disclose their secrets you know <laughs> or they even you know or they only you're the only one who understands it it's really fucked up yeah that 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 aspect of sex i mean that's the other really fucked up thing about sex isn't it is that it, it uh people you know really can use it as a tool of control of mind control yeah yeah Bloody hell. yeah definitely now, now to I, I have to ask you okay this is this may be jumping into the future but oh what are cryptic erotic stories 
Oh, thank you for mentioning that. Oh my God, that's so cool. Yes, so um, I have a Patreon where uh, fans of the podcast hang out and yeah. we are, uh, I realized like we should just collaborate because uh, you know, we hang out a few times a week and they're all so brilliant. So uh, we have written a book of, of cryptid, which is like Bigfoot, uh, the Loch Ness Monster, probably say santa claus like Maybe. any kind of mythological creature uh uh we've written a book of erotic short stories you know i love this and and yeah it's uh, these uh, you know i was really like blown away because uh, a lot of they're really good writers so they're are you publishing so, yeah we're publishing oh. i'm i'm at yeah and we're gonna give all the money where all the proceeds are going to a charity we haven't we're gonna vote on that soon oh amazing so so we but um yeah, you know, my wife and I were driving home from a trip, and I'm like looking through. I don't remember how I discovered it. I I, I found a, a series of books called "Come for Bigfoot" that were <laughs> wait what massively successful, massively successful, and it's basically it's it's bondage porn where Bigfoot is kidnapping women in the forest and taking them back to some cabin and just Whoa. fucking them and oh, fucking them and my, this sounds oh my like God. my dream this is what i was just thinking read with her foot fetish What's and that? her bondage fetish oh my God. Oh, you <laughs> will love Big it foot in my face while i'm talking oh my God. perfect you're gonna love yo it's and that was the funny part my wife and i were listening to it because it's sarcastically we're like come yeah. on this is come for bigfoot let's listen to this bullshit <laughs> So we're listening to it, and then somewhere in it, we're looking at each other like, "Are we getting turned? We're getting turned on right now." <laughs> like what? It, like it's embarrassing because it's the dumbest, dumbest shit you've ever heard, and especially the whichever one we we read. Like the, the I think the only thing Bigfoot says in it is "come." But whoever's reading, I swear, but whever's reading it makes Bigfoot's voice. It does, Bigfoot should be like "come." So this but is an whoever, audio book. You're listening to this. Well, you already listened to it. There's like, there's, I think ten, ten come for Bigfoot's. I can look it up. Wow. If you want. We need, like, I need me, a link immediately, please. But that inspired. So is it basically audio porn? Well, it's a book. I mean, it's audio, audio porn. Literature. It is audio porn. But you can also get the book too. Uh, come for Bigfoot Volume One, books one through five. <laughs> uh, let's see. Yeah, there. It's um, it's amazing. Like the covers are just. It's Victor Virginia Wade. Mm -hmm. You should have her on the show. Actually, she seems. Yeah. She seems really cool and smart. Um, oh yeah. But yeah, That's they don't. Amazing. They're just called Come for Bigfoot. You know, I'll I'll read you a description of one. Yes. This is oh, Come yes, for please, Bigfoot please. Volume Two, books six through ten. Kidnapped by horny ape-like creatures in Mount Hood National Forest, Porsche, Shelley, and Leslie find themselves in a lusty situation as a tribe of Bigfoots use their willing nubile bodies to satisfy their monster cocks. How can Porsche <laughs> leave all of this behind and return to civilization? When she's in the arms of her Sasquatch, warm and snuggly in his matted fur, the only thoughts going through her mind are of utter bliss. But Come challenges on. abound for the star-crossed lovers, including Leonard's head injury. I think that's the name of Bigfoot is Leonard. Leonard Leonard's head injury, a devastating <laughs> wildfire, and a sexy forest ranger named Mike. Will these obstacles shatter oh the growing love between an ape and its mate, or will true love triumph? Oh, this is wow! I, I love yeah. this. I mean, I love monster yeah. monster erotica and porn anyway. I just don't think we have enough of it. But this just sounds magical. Sounds great. Yeah. What What are the um, What are your like most favorite uh, mystic? Wait, cryptic. Cryptids. Um, cryptic. Cryptids. <laughs> It sounds like cryptic. Oh, is it, it not is cri cryptic? cryptic. Have I, have I... It's cryptid. 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 Yeah, cryptids. Oh, what are the... So what is your oh. favorite cryptid story that someone's written about? Like, which mystic animal uh, or creature? Well, I, haven't, I haven't... Honestly, I haven't read all of them because the book's over 100 pages. But we oh, did wow. read some during our gatherings. And yeah, uh, I'm not going to pick favorites, but the one that sticks into my mind right now is a short story about a guy trying to commit suicide by jerking off. 
What? Wait, like, he's gonna come himself to death or something? And then somewhere in there, I believe there's an encounter with Satan. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, I th- and Satan does count as a cryptid, for sure. Fuck. Um, that sounds, they, these just sound that's incredible. Pretty, that's pretty dark and sad, yeah, to be that honest. Is so bad. That's a it, horrible, worst way I've ever heard of committing suicide. Yeah. The worst yeah. way. Yeah. How would that even work? I mean, seriously? you'd have to wank your dick off and bleed to death, surely. Like, how, how else? Well, I have heard <laughs> of a form of epilepsy where you you you, oh. you come, um, you come so much you can die. Like you go and oh. yeah, like you just or you. It's like a never-ending orgasm. It's a seizure that manifests as an as a as an orgasm, and it can kill you, or it can like. Whoa. Yeah, I you don't know, know if that's I true I've, though. It's been a I while think since I've I looked heard into that. Of that before. I have I'm heard sure. about people not being able to stop coming when suddenly yeah. they start coming, and we've seen shows of it, and people are so mm. full of shame because they're literally like hanging out with their kids, and then they like come, and they're like, oh god. Um, Is that weird? Like, people are ashamed of coming. Like, you could sneeze. These motherfuckers, especially these days, sneezes are so loud yeah. these days. You will hear a sneeze from a block away, and everyone's like, what the fuck's wrong with you? Don't sneeze yeah, yeah. Or in public. Yeah. Free sneezers, yeah. free coughers. <laughs> but if we, like, ejaculated or had orgasms like we sneeze, you're right. Mm-hmm. Like, if people would try to hide it, it would be. it's so funny. That should be so celebrated. Yeah. So before we do have to wrap this up, which I don't want to at all, I feel like I could talk to you absolutely all day. Thank you. Um, would love to ask you your fuck off story. Yes, yeah. please. Sure. Um, okay. So uh, this. So a- after actually after my mom passed away, I was I was like, you know, like in just I don't know what you even would call it, like grief shock or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, even there's a lot of ways that grief manifests. And I, I think that some of them are, get talked about more than others. But mm-hmm. one of the ways grief can show up is like just this ins- you can become insanely horny. And wow. incredible. And, what the fuck? Yeah. And, and uh, you know, well, you, what I think the reason is, is because you're in so much pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that you're just looking for any distraction. Yeah. Yes, mm. right. And so, so you know, this is why the, oh, there's so many avenues people take to try to do something about feeling well, yeah. feeling. Well, that. pleasure's the opposite of pain as well. So it kind of makes sense, like literally giving yourself the antidote to the pain. Is that why yeah. we turn into like fucking rabbits after we've had a breakup because we are in pain and we're like, oh, I just I, want yeah. to fuck myself through this. I think yeah. so. Mm. Yeah, I think so. It's a grief. I think some of that's a grief response. Mm-hmm. And... Um, uh, and, and, and maybe that, and you just, over time you realize that it's not, it's like, it's like throwing a cup of water on a wildfire or something, but try, <laughs> you never know. It's worth it. I mean, I think again, this is like, if you do find yourself in one of these, what'd you call it? A hoe phase? Hoe phase. You call it? If you do find yourself in a hoe phase, you really should <laughs> like, uh, I think it's important to understand that they don't last. So mm-hmm. enjoy it while you're, you're there. But mm-hmm. When I, so this was, I wouldn't call it a hoe phase, but I was in a hotel room, downtown LA, completely depressed and completely horny. And so I was going on, what's that? It's a fetish website called FetLife. Yes. And I'm sort of digging through it because I'm so horny and I want a dominatrix. I want someone mm. to like beat the shit out of me. Nice. Wow. And so I, um, or at least like hurt me a little bit. Just a little. So, bit. <laughs> I I I I find this dominatrix, um, and you know I've like I've had a myriad of weird. I've tried I've tried so many strange forms of sex, and you know obviously with BDSM it's like there's a million versions of it, millions, mm-hmm. trillions. That's one of the beautiful things about it is the many modes of expression within it, but. Um, I'd never got like had a professional dominatrix. I had one of my podcasts once who whipped me awesome. on the podcast, Whoa. but what? I could, nah, it wasn't that great. It was, no, she's awesome. Mm-hmm. But because it was, you know, I think if you're really, I mean, I don't know. Everyone's different. I don't have like an exhibitionist thing. I don't like fucking in public. Mm-hmm. Some people do. I, I can't get into that, man. It feels yeah. like. It feels like I don't want someone non-consensually to see my hairy ass like sticking out of a dressing room or something. It yeah. just seems rude. But um, 
this yeah this dominatrix uh came up to my hotel room she and you know i was like again like I, i think i'd really been imagining that i would be able to achieve that kind of thing that you can have with someone that you love when you're mm-hmm. having like having sex with a stranger mm-hmm. and because I'd never done it before so my, and it was actually a kind of experiment you know like let's see I was thinking holy shit if this works wow this will be incredible like I can it's gonna save so much energy <laughs> but uh in the sense of like dating and so anyway yeah yeah tasting is makes hard. me take all my clothes off <clears throat> puts a a dog collar on me and nice. and, uh, and is whipping me and pulling me around the room yeah. pulls me onto the bed and then it just my face is in her ass and I'm just like it's just dawning on me that um this isn't working <laughs> this isn't really working you know what I mean like I, it's not that I'm not enjoy. I'm like trying to be what's really weird I think I'm a people pleaser mm-hmm. so, oh shit you know what I mean so I'm kind of trying to be polite you know even yeah. though like it's I'm I'm kind of thinking like abort this mission this is not oh, the, this isn't really solving anything mm-hmm. and um uh but she was like whipping she's like whipping my cock Ooh. and it made me come oh wow oh, nice. that's I mean that's and, a pretty amazing realization yeah. Well, I knew that. I knew. I, I, Lenny, I know. I knew. I, that honestly didn't shock me. <laughs> what well, the, the part that was like a bummer, I think, for both of us was that, um, I mean, I don't know for her. Maybe it's just her job or I don't know. But like, um, so, she, so like after I come and I'm just like, uh, I didn't say, I mean, I wasn't complaining. I was trying to be, you know, this person is like giving like themselves to me in this bizarre way. So I felt really a lot of gratitude. I think her name was Raven. Mm, I can't remember, but, um, she wanted me to walk. She wanted me to like wash off the sex toys that she'd used, the whip and a few other things. She was still trying to be a dominatrix Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. after I came and like, I'm, I'm just like, I just want her, I want her to go away so I could just cry and drink, you know? And like, (laughs) you know, I was being, I'm like, and I'm, I, I, I think I, I think I was rude. I'm trying to, I I was like, I don't, I'm, I don't really think I want to clean them off. You know, I don't think that's, because in my mind, I'm like, isn't that kind of your job? (laughs) You know, I'm I'm paying you for this. Like what? I have to do the clean. It's like, isn't that kind of similar to like asking someone to go wash their dishes at a restaurant or something like that? You know, like, I mean, um, you are the submissive. That's I guess that's her rules. Fuck. Well, I think in her mind, thinking of me as a typical submissive. Mm she was imagining that I would enjoy that. Yes. So it was probably yeah. a little bit of generosity on her part, an added bonus. You get to go clean this oh, yeah. your fucking cummy whip. And um, I, it, so I'm like, I don't know. I don't think so. And she goes and she's like gathers her things. And as she's walking out, she's like, she said something. I can't, I can't remember the exact words, but it really hurt my feelings. And she's walking oh. out. She's like something like, I don't think you're really kinky. And then she leaves. And I'm like, ah! That hurts way worse than the whip on my cock! (laughs) That you should say that to me as you're like a mic drop moment. You know, she's leaving. She was well but her, obviously, that you weren't going full mode. That's so not fair. Yeah, and you know what, though? I I, I don't think I should have, you know, what are you going to do, though? Mm -hmm. With a dominatrix that you just summoned from Fat Life, what are you going to do? Look. You know, my mom died a few months ago and I'm trying to use sex as a way to avoid this sort of like horrible, empty void that I'm just now beginning to uh, make sense of. So I don't want to wipe the the sex toys down. You you, there's not you don't want to hear that shit. They've got to go to some other person and whip them. They're probably busy, you know. You know what though? Like I feel like all the because I've I've spoken to a lot of dominatrixes in my time, and I feel like a lot of them talk about what they do being a type of therapy. And I think in a lot of circumstances, they probably would listen. Yeah. Yes. You know what? I th- I think you're I think you're absolutely right. And and uh, for me, the 
Yeah, I I think you're a lot of dom the dominatrix that I know. I mean, that's I think that's one of the cool discoveries people make if they decide yeah. to try that out is that that the you you know the there's an interesting um the, the the you know a masseuse right a masseuse has like a lot of cool ways of applying pressure to you to make you feel better mm-hmm. and a domin- a great dominatrix is like you know uh, an expert at dialing in specific sensations that are a lot of people consider to be something you should avoid <laughs> but so if you're with some a, a really talented dominatrix then you it will it will definitely cause you to revise your understanding of pain itself and yeah. what pain really is and um uh so but yeah i just wasn't in a, a state of mind to really go deep with anybody i think at that time yeah. it's it's hard being a dominatrix like nobody teaches you how you just go off by what you see in porn and what you see in the media and in films I, i've done a couple dominatrix sessions myself and um I, again, only because of doing Come Curious, this podcast, was I able to be like, okay, well, what are you into? What don't you like? And really get it all out there before assuming that I'm going to take on this really fucking like harsh, I'm the boss, you have to do what I say no matter what it is kind of role. And I've done that as well in sessions before where I have just gone, okay, I'm going to play the dominatrix and not really listen to the client. But instead, it is about listening. Everyone is so different and you can't assume just because you're the mistress and you make the rules in that moment that you make the rules for the whole thing. You know, you you need to ask people what they're into, what, what their likes are and dislikes because yeah. someone might want a mistress that's very like mummy and caring and looking after, but no, I have a firm hand and you will suck my tit kind of thing. Yeah. Or it might exactly. just be stereotypical. I'm going to dress in latex and then I'm going to whip your cock kind of thing it's so different but i don't think yeah. enough sex workers really think about that and really learn they just play a character and that that doesn't work for everyone she yeah. interviewed me before we had a margarita and i kind of you know i kind of explained what i thought would be fun but you know yeah she started like saying shitty things to me and i was like you know i don't really <laughs> that's not my thing i don't like to like yeah. don't yell at me don't <laughs> yell, humiliation don't, thing don't, like, don't, oh. yeah, don't insult me in my own hotel room please <laughs> i don't like that i just want you to whip me not call me shitty things <laughs> i love that I, I love this story though because i think it's a really you know it was it was an, a nice moment like in that really vulnerable space that you were in where you can have this kind of like sexual situation, sexual relationship and kind of like learn something about yourself through it. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was cool. I mean, I'm so glad I, I'm so glad I did it. I mean, that's the yeah. other thing is like, if you have any inkling of like, that you might be into some, like something that is generally considered like non-traditional sex, if there's some like curiosity you have, you should definitely try it yeah i mean the best thing that can happen is you find out yeah that that is you like it you know and if you find out that it isn't quite what you were into then that teaches you something too you know yeah for sure wow beautiful sex tips sex tips with duncan trussell everyone just don't i mean depending (laughs) on the thing like if you're curious if setting yourself on fire is gonna make you don't do that i mean like within reason obviously yeah yeah yeah, of course careful Wow, this has been so amazing having you on the podcast. Thanks for Literally having me. Literally a bit of a dream come true moment yeah. for us, I think. Yeah. Well, it's great meeting you, and it's I, I really am, I feel lucky that I got to spend some time with y'all. Thank you Thank for having me. Yeah. Keep creating oh, all the you. amazing stuff you are and keep teaching the world because you have a very yeah. good Thank view you. of things. So, just thank you. Where can our curious fuckers find you? Like, dish us all the deets. Mm. Uh, it's my well. The best way is my podcast, um, uh, the Duncan Trussell Family mm-hmm. Hour, and uh, yes. and, and that's at my website, duncantrussell.com. Yeah. Do you know the acronyms for that is Down to Fuck? Yeah, that was completely unintentional. Love. But yeah, that it, it did end up accidentally being that. Truly, I didn't like. I wasn't like trying to find a way to secretly say Down to Fuck, but it turned. <laughs> nice. But I don't mind. I'm gonna that, make a podcast like to put out a message. <laughs> Oh, that I secretly down to fuck. <laughs> Amazing. Awesome. Well, yeah, thank you so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you. That's hot. Whoa. 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 How did that just happen? I don't know. I, don't, I feel like I'm dreaming. <laughs> I know I was in like a dream state yeah. during that whole thing, just being like, oh, I wish. 
we're actually ha- we're having a Duncan Trussell conversation yeah. with the Duncan Trussell with somebody that we've followed for a long time that says like yeah. really profound shit that's helped us both wow. with our own therapy and minds like yeah incredible so that was an absolute yeah. treat we can't believe he just he was like yeah okay I'll come on the pod it's like <laughs> yeah I mean what? I feel like we should feel super grateful for everyone that's really supported us for this long with fucks given and is here listening because you guys are the reason that we're, we're able to interview someone like Duncan Trussell. Yeah. Thank you so much. We love you all. Every single one yeah. of your ear holes. And I hope that you enjoyed that episode. And if you did, obviously share it with every everyone. Please, you know. and not just like share it and send a link. Like put it on your stories, put it on Twitter, mm-hmm. put it like scream it from the rooftops because that's the thing that actually helps grow the podcast. And who knows, yeah. in the future, we could be doing live shows just because you've helped us grow the pod. Exactly. That would be, that's the dream, the dream. getting out there. And you, you all being in our live audience. Yeah, lots of yes. dream talk this episode, you know. Yeah. Speaking of dreams, if you like this episode, please like. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> please yeah. rate this episode, which you now can do on Spotify. I mean, you can rate it whatever stars you like, but five star, obviously five star. Five star. Five star. Five star. Um, and also you can find us on our instagram at come curious where we have all the latest podcast shenanigans popping up on there we got q a's happening and like you know so you, you need to be on there just in case we're asking you for something that we're gonna bring on to fucks given yeah, baby if you want to keep up with our personal stuff as well please follow us on read amber oh, x yeah. and florence bark and yeah yeah i mean We'll fucking see you next Thursday if you're not watching us on the YouTube channel. Also, if you're listening to us, you can watch our faces do the thing and actually see what Duncan and Trussell looks like. So please go do that. I actually didn't know what he looked like for a really long time. And I think maybe at that psychedelics conference, that was the first time I saw him. I was like, oh my God, that's the guy with the voice. Yeah, with the voice. He does the thing with the stuff. Yeah. (laughs) I'm sure people that have always listened to our podcast as well have no idea what we look like there will be people out there so come on YouTube see what we look like see what we're see what we're doing Um, yeah Yeah, anyway see you next Thursday I nearly said see you next Tuesday see you next Thursday curious fuckers love you all bye bye crowd network a place where you belong.